0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Pray and agree with me. Father, we're asking that everything we need to hear today would come forth boldly. Help us to see and hear exactly what we need to see and hear for the next steps of our life and ministry. Show us things that we need to be healed up, delivered, set free, strengthened, encouraged. Whatever we need today, Lord, we know your word and your spirit is the answer. Thank you for helping us today supernaturally to get everything we need to get so we can do everything we need to do and see the fullness of your blessing. In Jesus' name, it's happening. Amen. So in Luke chapter 2... And again, we're talking about church, the Father's business. I know we started off talking about the year of the church, understanding the local church. But I think we found our real good niche right here. Church, the Father's business. So look with me in verse 46. It says, And it came to pass that after three days, Mary and Joseph found Jesus in the temple at 12 years old, sitting in the middle of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Remember, he's 12 years old. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why have you thus dealt with us? Behold, your father and I have sought you sorrowing. And Jesus said unto his parents, How is it that you sought me Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. Now, first of all, Jesus called going to church the father's business. I always knew it was more than just a religious duty. I always knew in my spirit there was something about church that was divine, I always knew. Now, the way a lot of people talk and the way a lot of people, you know, express their views on church, you'd think it was something, you know, that you just got to do. It you're a Christian, it's a goody-goody thing to do. You know, you just got to go to church. It's a religious thing to do. Way more. Way, way, way more. And the Lord Himself said, "It's the Father's business." So what we're doing right now is more than religion. It's more than our duty. We are doing the Father's business. And you may or may not like it. But when did what we like decide if we're going to obey the Father or not? I mean, you know, there's polls all the time trying to pull us away from the things of God. And you resisted those polls today. You're here. You made it. Nothing could stop you. And you're doing the Father's business. If The more we see this as the Father's business, the more we're going to get out of the Father's business as opposed to just, I checked the box, I did my duty, my conscience feels a little better, goodbye, see you next week. You're supposed to get a lot more out of church than that. God sets miracles in the church. God set healings in the church. God brings life-saving correction in the church. I mean, there are supposed to be supernatural, powerful things coming from heaven to the church, into your life, and through your life all the time. King David said, I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Hmm. Might want to take a hint from a man that successful, you know, how he lived his life, what his priorities were. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the mansions of the wicked. Why? Because he saw something most people don't see. He realized the eternal significance of being involved in the father's business and hooking up in the father's business. The psalmist said in Psalm 92, they that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age and they'll be fat with peace and joy and healing and prosperity and flourishing. David, uh, excuse me, um, the disciples quoted Jesus as saying, the zeal of your house, Father, has eaten me up. One translation says, Jesus said, Father, my love for your house burns in me like a fire. Well, if Jesus loved the house of God, maybe we should love what He loved. That's a good question to ask. Do we love what He loved? See, this was not a side issue to the Lord. This was not church on Sunday, I'm going to do what I want to do Monday through Friday. You know, I just, you know, no. And we're followers of the Lord. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, that as was Jesus' custom, he entered into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for it to read. And there was handed him the scroll of Isaiah, and he read a scripture out of Isaiah, and the meeting was on. And I thought it was interesting. It said that uh, as was his custom, he was in church every Sabbath day. Now, you read through the New Testament, you'll find out there was times it says Jesus was daily in the temple. Reminds me of something, a, a prophecy or something we heard recently about church being open 24-7 in these last days. The Bible talks about people taking night watches and, I mean, 24-7. Prayer, word, ministering to people, helping people to grow and Lord, classes all everywhere. Praise God, we're open to it. Well, if we're followers of Jesus, we should want to be in church at least once a week, if not more, and times daily when we have special meetings. Um, And and I know you say, well, Pastor, that just doesn't sound very fun. Well, you're being lied to. (laughs) I mean, you don't just... There are things you'll get and I'll get in church when we assemble, you know, get rooted, not just gather, but assemble. There are things we'll get the world has no answer, nothing matching. The, The world does not have anything close to what God has for us in his church. You can get money in the world, but you can't get divine health in the world. You you can get money in the world, but you can't get true prosperity that has no sorrow with it in the world. There's things you can't get in the world that only God can give you. Don't think God's trying to lessen your joy. He's trying to make your joy full. But the devil's right there saying, no, you won't like it. You won't like it. You won't like it. Lie, lie, lie. You will love it. And you'll find it mixes perfect with your life out there. Full commitment to God, serving in your local church, regular church attendance, assembling in your church, mixes perfect with your careers and your family and the things out beyond these four walls. Just ask us. We, we know. We've seen it to a, a wonderful degree. So according to Jesus, going to church is doing the Father's business. But like Joseph and Mary, what did it say? Verse 50, they understood not the saying, I'm doing the Father's business is why I'm in church. There's many people today like them who do not understand this. They don't understand that church is the Father's business. Joseph and Mary didn't even understand it at that time. How many think if the Son of God needed to go to church, we might need to go too? the son of God needed to go and even higher than that he wanted to go you know the big issue to me is not that some Christians aren't going to church the big issue to me is what's entered into their heart to where they don't want to go anymore see the big issue is not believers not wanting to go to church to me the big issue is what has entered into a Christian's life into their heart to where they don't want to go anymore they're okay with not going that, to me, is a huge concern. The physical act is important, but what, But the heart. Where's the heart? My Father, my love for your house burns in me like a fire. And, you know, David had problems in the local church. I mean, he talks about people in the local church having sweet fellowship with people in the local church. People turning on him, uh, uh, betraying him. And he said, even as we took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of the Lord together. And, and, I mean, just, but he didn't stop going. He loved, he continued to love it. You're going to have problems. You're going to have uh, uh, what? What, what, did, what does the scripture say? As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. That's one of the benefits of a local church. As as iron sharpens iron, that don't sound fun. Sparks are flying. So a man sharpens the character of his friend. How many think we need to learn all these lessons in church, amongst a godly family, and an anointing of the Holy Spirit, than out there in some ungodly world system? How many think it'd be better to learn some hurtful things here where there's love and healing and power and restoration and forgiveness and glory and power than out there in the world where there's none of that? Yeah. Don't run away from hard times in the church. You're still going to have to learn those lessons, but you're probably going to learn them out there with all the unbelievers, and that's not fun at all. At least in here you've got people who understand eternal things. They don't think you're crazy. And you know what I mean? Yeah. One of the greatest benefits of a local church is opportunities to grow up. Amen. Hard situations, hard spots, tough personality clashes, difficult meetings, yeah. forgiving, learning to forgive. Amen. Huh? Yeah. You know why God led you to an imperfect church? Because <laughs> it's going to show up some imperfections in you that you need to deal with. Amen. Yes. I mean, God may lead you to a church with problems if you have a problem forgiving people and, and, and restoring. <laughs> I mean, there, there's certain things that... Draw on your character. And it's good. It, it's, not, it's not bad. We're all learning here. Wouldn't you rather learn in an environment where God, Jesus is Lord and God is our Father? I, that's the best place to learn. In Hebrews uh, chapter 10, turn there with me. I want to tell you, just before we close today, I want to share some personal testimony of what um, loving the Lord's church has done for me, my marriage, my ministry, and my family. And our kids and our grandkids, um, I nobody ever had to tell me to go to church after I got saved. Um, I wanted to I knew there was something about God you know it's kind of like this, Are you ready? the Bible says the church is the Lord's body. You'll find that in more than one place. the church which is his body, the church which is his body, the church which is his body. I don't know why people don't want to be close to the Lord's body. Amen. Good. I don't know why people don't want to be close to Jesus' body in the earth, because it's the Lord's body. Why why would people want to stay away from the body? Yeah. Well, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's other things. But uh, we just we're praying that everybody in these last days is restored. Yeah. All right. So in uh, Hebrews ten twenty five, look at. Quickly with me, verse 25 and 26. The Bible says, uh, Hebrews 10 25. Why am I not there? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. So, what, what do you do? What do you do with people and friends and people that you're in relationship with? What do you do with people who just forsake gathering? They don't go to church. What do you, what do, you do with that? You love them big time but you don't follow them all right and the reason you're not following them is because you do love them because somebody's gonna need to be strong when all hell breaks loose (laughs) right so um forsake not the assembling now gathering is good but assembling is life-saving forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is paul even had this in his day but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after we receive knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain feel for looking of judgment, fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries, etc. And I wanted to bring that out because um, this shows you what leaving your place in the body can lead to. It's not a little thing. I mean, isn't it interesting, the next verse... Forsake not the assembling of yourselves. We can almost go like this. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is. Why? Well, because it could lead to if we sin willfully. It's a very sobering thought. We've had people in our lives close to us. I mean, very close. In ministry, in the church. And they left church. And one of the reports I heard was, I'm not even sure they believe Jesus is who the Bible says He is as dangerous as it gets I've seen people leave church the calling, the love, the message the faith and then a couple years later are blaspheming what they used to love seen it personally we've seen it in our lives, people very close to us it's not cool now, does that happen to everybody that leaves a church? I'm not saying it, but this scripture talks about what this could lead to. And this is not to scare anybody. This is not to make anybody say, "Well, I, I, I guess I have to go to faith-based church." No, go where the Lord leads you to go. But get planted, get hooked, follow Jesus, love what He loves. Amen. Amen. And what a privilege to be a part of God's church, man. Will there be tough times? Mark it down. Will there be pressure? Duh. (laughs) Will there be opposition? Oh my goodness. Not only from the devil, but from people that aren't grown up perfect yet. (laughs) Including your pastor. Anybody want to join the works in progress club? Okay. (laughs) Diamonds in the rough club. Um, In Psalm 20 in verse 2. Twenty, Psalm twenty and verse two. You know, we're here today because the scriptures tell us to be here, but also if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, he's saying more than ever, get 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 in your place. Get in your place. The end of all things is at hand, get in your place. You know, I have for a long time ask Carla you know in the mornings like on a Friday morning or Saturday morning because those are kind of days that we don't come to the office and usually sometimes we do but um and I'll ask Carla say hey Carla so what you got planned today hey Carla what you gonna do today and the spirit of God quickened me just yesterday to not say that anymore to rephrase it big time It'll help your mentality. It'll help you with your awareness of God and the Spirit of God in your life. You know what I asked Carla now? Hey, Carla, what's the Lord leading you to do today? Yep. That's That's right. Jesus said, I do nothing but what, what I see the Father do. He never woke up and went, oh, what do I want to do today? Yeah. He was always had his eye. Life's too short to just do what you want to do every day of your life. Yes, you have a will, but the best thing you can do with your will is check with the Lord before you start using it, especially on powerful things, right? Life altering decisions. So I'm asking Carla now, I, I believe we're here today because this is what the Lord led us to do. Carla, what's the Lord leading you to do today? Rub your husband's feet? <laughs> I won't interfere with the leading of the Lord. <laughs> she gives a mean foot rub, it's amazing. no don't want to interfere (laughs) with the leading of the Lord so Psalm 20 verse 2 Psalm 20 verse 2 the psalmist King David said Lord you send help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion help comes so much of the time through the local church God's called us to you need your private time at home with God you need to read your Bible at home. But you also need your place in the church. Amen. Amen. You know, just like two wheels on a bike. You're not going to get very far on one only. You need both of them. You need your private time with God. And you need your fellowship time with other believers in the flock. Amen. In the local church. As a matter of fact, you read all, all, all the letters in the New Testament. Who they address to. Most of them are addressed to the churches at Galatia, local churches, the church at Ephesus, the church at Philippi, the church at Colossae, the church at Thessalonica, right? I mean, it's just church, church, church. Revelation chapter 2 and 3, Jesus appears to John on the Isle of Patmos and has seven messages, not for seven individual Christians, for seven local churches in Asia at that time, now Asia Minor. Seven messages for seven churches. always wondered what would happen if believers decided not to be in that church. They missed the message from the head of the church that they all needed to hear as a church. Please don't misunderstand me. I said last week, I said, you know, I said something about, you know, if the Bible was everything that we needed, then why did he give pastors? Why did he give local sheepfolds? Friend, listen, the Bible is the Word of God. Hug it. Don't ever let go of it. Read it. Digest it. Think about it. Speak it. Dream. That is the Word of God. But if that's all that the Lord needed, that would help us in these end times. Or why would He give us pastors and teachers and prophets and apostles and evangelists? We need them. We need people who are anointed of God to help us to understand the book, not to give us something different from the book. That's ridiculous. I, I don't care. I don't care if an angel from heaven appears with a different gospel. Resist it. It's not God. This is it. This is the gospel right here. That's why we check everything out with the book. Even your pastor, you check out with the book. You follow along in your own Bible with the book. Right? The Bible says there were a certain group of Christians in the book of Acts, they were more, more noble than other believers because they searched the Scriptures daily to see that the things Paul was preaching were true. See, me preaching to you does not take away your responsibility for searching the Scriptures for yourself. And hopefully you're reading the Bible every day of your life. I mean, we got a chapter thing going on Monday through Friday as a church, and we're going through a chapter a day Monday through Friday. So here he says, help comes from the sanctuary. So many prayers are being answered by the words, go to church. Why? Because help comes from the sanctuary. Help can come other ways, don't get me wrong, but a lot of help is coming from your local church that you're going to need either right now or in the future sometime. You're going to need help that only can come from the local church. I'm just going to read a couple things. I've got to get to something else here. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 says, If you'll be faithful in your part in the church, 1 Timothy 3.13, If you'll be faithful in your part in the church, you will have great confidence when you're needing to receive help from God while you're fulfilling your part in the church. King James says you'll earn a good degree and great boldness, confidence in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus, if you're faithful in your position in the church. It's kind of like this. You're going to have way more confidence and faith for healing, deliverance, power, and deliverance when you know you're doing what God told you to do in His body. When you're involved like He wants you to be in His body. You're going to have way, and the Bible says, deacons that rule well will earn to themselves a good degree, great confidence in the faith. How many want great confidence next time you're attacked with a disease or a problem? You want great confidence? Well, it's hard to have it when you know you're not fulfilling your part in the church. Revelation 2 and 3, it talks about, Jesus is in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, quote, which are the seven churches. So where is Jesus when you need him? Where is Jesus when you need him? Golly, where is Jesus when you need him? He's really big in the local church. All right. Now you can go to the local church, not be aware of him being there and not receive from him, but he is here. And that's why we need to be more aware of these things. And we'll we can talk a little about how to get the most out of a church service. And in Mark chapter 6, it talks about you can't receive from a ministry you're offended at. So you've got to watch out for offense. If they got offended at the perfect one, then we better be on double guard. Because I ain't perfect and you ain't perfect. And if they could get offended and cut themselves off from the help of God from the perfect one, we better watch out. Because we ain't perfect like he was perfect now you ready for something before we close yeah. I want to say some words and then we'll go to a couple of scriptures and, and end with this um, this phrase came to me as I was seeking the Lord about the, the teachings we're involved with on the local church and the father's business and the Lord says you're not done yet because people still aren't benefiting fully from their from their local church like they could be and should they should be receiving miracles and healings and all kinds of powerful things the Lord set him in the church for us And so he gave me this statement, and this is a big cure for a lot of major problems in Christians' lives. Stay hooked, stay free. And say it again, stay hooked, stay free. Now let me tell you what the devil's sermon is. The devil's sermon is, unhook and be free. This is the devil's word. Especially people that have been in church a long time. And they're kind of in the one foot after another, you know. Years have gone by. Decades have gone by. Still not seeing the fullness of whatever. The devil's word is unhook and get free. That's what he tried to do to Eve. He successfully did it to a few other people, which we'll see here in the scriptures. The devil is unhook and and be free. Unhook from what and, and go to what? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when the jitters come and, and you look at your watch and the service is going an hour and a half and hour and 45 minutes. It's like, it's like okay, what, what's going to What are you so in a rush to leave? And what are you so in a rush to get to? What, what, what are we doing right now? The Father's business. We're being equipped, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there, why? So we overcome next time we're hit. So we win next time there's a battle. So we know the will of God and quit spinning around doing our own thing. Are you following me? Why would we be in such a hurry to leave this and get to a Texas Roadhouse? (laughs) How many think Texas Roadhouse will be there later today? So, stay hooked, stay free. 2 Timothy chapter 4. There will be pressure from the enemy to unhook and to leave what you have great rewards for not too long from now. Now, this is going to be a little different because this kind of actually ties in a little bit to our Wednesday night service. We went to the same scripture on Wednesday night and i want you to see something here about unhooking so in 2nd timothy chapter 4 verse 9 this is paul the apostle powerful apostle of god ministering all over the known world used of the lord had visitations of jesus personally visions of the lord And he says to Timothy in verse 9, Timothy, do your diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Take Mark, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Mark in just a minute, and bring him with you, for he is profitable to me. Mark is profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus the cloak that I left at Troas... With Carpus, when you come, bring with you and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom you beware also, for he has greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me. But all men forsook me, I pray God it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Um, back up to verse 10. So here's a guy, Demas... And and he traveled with Paul. You read previous scriptures, he was with Paul right there in the middle of the ministry, doing the will of God, getting people saved, seeing miracles, seeing the powerful things of God happen in the earth. I mean, revival like never before. At the very moment, Paul's penning the New Testament, two-thirds of the New Testament. Demas is right there in the middle of it all. And it says he got to a place where he decided to leave Paul, leave the ministry, go to Thessalonica, which was actually at this time known as a city of entertainment. They had uh, Grecian games in this city. They had a Colosseum. They had circus. They had public attractions. I mean, there's all this stuff. And, And so Demas gets this thought and this pull to leave Paul's side and to go to the world. Now, as I was thinking about this, I thought, if Demas can be deceived and pulled away, we better be on double guard. What what got him? How did he get away? We, We could say, from the church. What's going on? Well, who's the God of this world? Satan is the God of this world. So you get too close to the world, guess who you're getting too close to? the evil powers behind this system. And that's why you have to watch out about the world. I mean, you, you got to separate God's creation from the world system going on around you. Praise God for the mountains, praise God for the ocean, but there's a system going on in this world called the world system. It's cosmos in the Greek, and a lot of people get sucked into it. I mean, if this guy could get sucked into it, we better watch out. There's a little more entertainment going on these days than there was back then. We're going to need the help of the Spirit of God. I want to ask you a question. What did Demas leave? He's thinking he left a man or some kind of ministry only. What did he leave? Man, he left opportunity that will never come back to him. He could have come back, but we have no record of it. And it's real interesting, so I want to ask you this, what do you want written about you? So what's written about Demas? Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. What would you like written about you, when they're talking about you and your walk with God? I, I, I I would like to hear similar words that Paul heard. That he he got to say, I have fought a good fight. Yeah. Is it going to be easy? No. But we love the Lord. That's right. Here's three words you need to remember to stay faithful to the end. And the end's not much farther away, guys. Even if you live another 50 years, it'll be gone like that. <laughs> Here's three things you need to remind yourself of: love, vapor, and rewards. Mm-hmm. Just remember: love, vapor, and rewards. Number one, love. Just remind yourself how much God loves you and how much you love Him and stay faithful because it's only going to be a little while longer and you won't have to endure some things anymore. And you'll run into His arms after you finished what you knew you were supposed to finish. Love. Two, vapor. You can handle a little bit more of a vapor. Is it uncomfortable? Probably. Is it going to be uncomfortable? Absolutely. Does it hurt at times to stay? Does it hurt at times to do whatever he says to do? Does it hurt? Does it hurt? Yeah, but go ahead and hurt in the vapor because your eternity will love it. To me, it's really sad to see people sacrificing eternal rewards for now pleasures. I think we should be willing to suffer now in this vapor and have an eternity of rewards. What would you rather have? A little suffering in the vapor and an eternity of rewards? Or a little pleasure in the vapor and no rewards in eternity? What do you want written about you? Put your name where it says Demas. What do you, what do you want to follow your name? Now Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. You've got to watch out about pressure to unhook. Especially if you've been in these things for a while. I know Carl and I, you know, we've, we've been pastoring now for over 32 years. Almost 33, 34 years almost. 34 years. And I, I'm here to tell you, there's been times we thought, let's retire. Let's, and then I got to think about retiring. I think, what am I going to do? All I know how to do is preach, pray, and prophesy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, what are you going to do? I, I saw myself on a beach with a home paid for and and the wind blowing and a gray cloud over my head, knowing if i 'm not if i 'm not doing the will what do I got to endure? a couple more years, decade or two, maybe three whoop de doo Paul endured a lot more. Jesus endured a lot more other people have endured a lot more than that. We haven't come this far, guys, to give up. We haven't come this far to veer off. So, let me just say this before I let you go. Lot is another one that unhooked from Abraham. You'll find this in Genesis chapter 13. And um, I guess you can put up on the screen. I'm not going to turn there in my Bible. Verse 5. In Genesis 13, Lot is Abraham's nephew. (coughs) There was strife going on between the cattlemen and and, uh, the people that were looking over the flocks. and, And Abraham basically came to Lot and said, listen, this strife has got to stop. Now Lot's response was not good. It said, Lot also, which went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents. Keep going. And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, Abraham and Lot. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. Keep going. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's Abraham's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled there in the land. Keep going. And Abraham said to Lot, Let there be no strife. That's a good word. That's a wise word. Let there be no strife. I pray thee between me and you and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Next verse. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself, I pray you from me. If you will take the left hand, I'll go to the right. If you depart to the right hand, I'll go to the left. Now what's going on here? The elder, Abraham, is giving the younger nephew a choice. Now, the rest of the story is this. Lot decided to head toward the green rolling hills and basically left his uncle the desert. Alright? And so Lot didn't even try to fix the strife problem. Lot didn't see the value of his connection with Abram. And because Lot unhooked, Lot got destroyed. I know he physically lasted, but he went into a city called Sodom and Gomorrah. He was headed that direction. You know what Lot should have done? Lot should have done, he should have stayed hooked. Because when he got away from Abraham, he got away from the blessing, he got into the curse, he got into all kinds of junk and bondage, he got vexed in his own soul. Here's what what I think Lot should have done. Lot should have done what Ruth did with Naomi and what Elisha did with Elijah. As your soul lives, I'll I'll not depart from you. You are a man of God. I am joined to you. I will fix this strife thing. I will tell my herdsmen to submit. Your herdsmen are higher than my herdsmen. I will fix this thing. There will be no strife. I am not leaving your side. But he left. There was strife. He must have yielded to some of it. Got in a funky attitude about it. Left his divine connection. And liked to die. The whole city he lived in did die. His wife died. And then he's living in a mountain now. Just messed up. Lost his house. Lost everything. He unhooked. That's sad to unhook when you know you're not supposed to unhook. To let something push you to unhooking. Um, In Jude... The Bible says there'll be people in the last days who, um, well just read it, it's it's verse 17. Do you guys, can you put it up on the screen? Jude 17, I need to slow down just a little here. Jude 17, we'll read a couple verses here. This is talking about the day we're living in Paul. uh, Jude is writing and says, Beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep going. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. Keep going. These be they who separate themselves. Sensual. Having not the Spirit. I want you to notice here. These be they who separate themselves. Sensual. The word sensual means worldly. The world is drawing believers today. The pole is probably stronger than we've ever known it to be since our upbringing. And these group of people, but he says the the cure for this not happening to you. Next verse. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues, praying in the Spirit. Next verse. Not only pray, but now keep yourselves in the love of God. And looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Not only that, but one more thing. Look, look. And of some have compassion making a difference. Keep going. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. He's saying, listen, you need to keep praying in the Spirit. You need to keep walking in love and growing in love. And you need to start getting people saved. We're not going to stop all fires in the last days. Our job is to pull people from the fire. Don't get distracted by this diversionary warfare thinking you can put out all fires. You can't put out all fires in the last days. Just start pulling people from the fire, getting them saved, and then the fire, they won't want the fire. You know what I mean? They won't want that worldliness. The Bible says that Satan came to Eve and did did his best to get her to unhook from God's plan, and he succeeded. She unhooked, and we're in a fallen world today because of it. I don't think it would have been good if Adam and Eve would have stayed hooked. Instead of the devil's always trying to get people to unhook. As a matter of fact, in the same book, the book of Jude, you don't have to go up there, but you'll see in a verse in there, it says it talks about the angels that fell. It said the angels who kept not their first estate left their own habitation. He's trying to get people to do what he already did. There's power in staying hooked. There's power in... St- yes, you're going to feel bored at times. The devil will make sure to it. Yes, you're going to feel uh, unappreciated at times. The devil is going to make sure of it. Yes, you're going to maybe be treated in a, in a way... You, all kinds of things are going to happen, but the key is stay hooked. Church, you got to stay hooked. There's a guy... That, now, turn to this scripture, and we're, we're slowly wrapping up here, aren't we? In Acts 15... I want to show you, I told you we're going to come back to this guy named Mark. And this, again, this won't take a long time, but it'll be worth it. Just hang in there with me. Paul said, finally, brethren, halfway through his book, so. Does anybody remember the scripture that said, The Spirit of God speaks expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Anybody remember that scripture? In the latter times, the Holy Spirit speaks specifically and expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Listening to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, speaking lies and hypocrisy. There's people, and the the pressure to depart and unhook in these last days is pretty big. And it's going to take some discipline in your Christian living to stay above it. Satan has to make leaving look and feel good. So don't be on guard for monsters and boogeymen's. Be on guard for look good and feel good. Because if it ain't aligned with what you know the Lord told you, resist it. So in Acts fifteen, here's a guy that unhooked, but later he rehooked, and it it's so wonderful. In uh, Acts fifteen, look at verse thirty six. Some days after Paul said to Barnabas, "Let's go again and visit our brethren in every city wherein we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do." He wanted to go follow up on the churches. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark, but Paul thought not good to take him with them because John, Mark, departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between Barnabas and Saul that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark, his nephew, and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. So here we have John Mark. Now, John is his Jewish name, Mark is his Latin or Gentile name. Same guy. And he unhooked. Do you see that? He said, I'm not going with you to the work. And he had been with them. He said, bye. I'm leaving. And he left. And Paul was not happy about it. And there was a sharp contention. And Paul and Barnabas split because of it. Interesting. Well, here's something real interesting. If you'll turn to two more scriptures. Colossians 4. I'm going to show you one verse in 2 Timothy 4. Colossians 4.10 did you know that John Mark, who left the work of the ministry, later wrote the gospel according to Mark? Everybody say he rehooked. He re-hooked. Come on, hear, hear the words, he rehooked. He re-hooked. We're going to see a lot of rehooking in these days coming up. Actually, our church is going to double just because of rehooking, Amen. and then new people will be on top of that. So, look here at Colossians 4.10. Now, this is way after that episode in Acts we just read where Mark left. Paul said, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, salutes you and Mark. There he is. He's back. And Mark, sister's son to Barnabas. See, that's the same Mark. Touching whom he received commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. Paul Paul and Mark are restored. Mark came back. John Mark came back. He unhooked, And about 10 years, we don't have a lot about him in, in church history. But he came back. And he also came back and, and was a, a side, right alongside Peter as well. So look at 2 Timothy 4.11. I'm saying this to give you hope. And, and I, I, this, is, this, is, this is something that people need to hear right now. 2 Timothy, did I say 4.11? We just read it. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark, same Mark, bring him with you for he is profitable to me. For the ministry, he got re- reinstated. He got restored, yeah. guys. He got restored. Amen. So, number one, don't unhook. Number two, if you do unhook, rehook. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't too late. Let me tell you the greatest rehooking story in the Bible I've ever seen. Manasseh, Second Chronicles chapter thirty-three, verse twelve and thirteen. You know what it says? Well, just before twelve and verses twelve and thirteen, it says Manasseh called his, caused his children to pass through the fire, sought witches, enchantments, witchcraft. Made Israel to sin worse than the heathen. Sought after familiar spirits. Was worse than the worst. This is a king ruling over Israel. Getting off in all kinds of crazy things. Causing his kids to pass through the fire. Bad guy. Well, you live like that, duh. You're going to open the door to the devil. He got into affliction. The enemies captured him, torturing him. He got into prison. And a very interesting thing happened in 2 Chronicles 33. It said Manasseh, King Manasseh, who's not in his throne anymore. He's in a dungeon somewhere. Under his enemy's thumb. It said that Manasseh turned his face to the Lord. Humbled himself greatly before the God of heaven. And the Bible says in the next verse, God got him out of affliction, back to his kingdom. He started doing good things. He built a wall, which is a really good thing. He built a wall around Jerusalem. He did all these things. And he said he got his life cleaned up, but the people still sacrificed in high places. But he became a good king, lived out his life, got restored because he got rehooked. is nothing and no one that God can't restore except someone who doesn't want to hook back up. There's not a thing, there's not... That's why I say stay hooked, stay free. Guys, you, you need to understand. So, so here, here's, here's the thing. I know what it means to stay hooked. Carla knows what it means to stay hooked. We have gotten through things many, many, many people don't get through. I mean, destructive, it's over things not a few and when i look back in our life i remember keith Moore telling me just stay hooked just stay hooked i'm thinking stay hooked why what's the use just stay hooked stay hooked when i didn't understand what stay hooked gonna do stay just stay hooked stay hooked Amen. Yeah. actually one time keith was talking to me about some things i had been through he said he said john if you quit because of what you've been through right now and every other minister quit because of what you've been through, there would be no ministers today. He said, if every minister quit, what you're thinking about quitting over, there'd be no ministers today. And he's a minister over a lot of ministers. He, he, has, his, he has the pulse of a lot of churches. And we had come through stuff. And I remember those words, stay hooked and stay free. Stay hooked and stay free. Because here's the thing, no matter what mess you're going through, If you stay in the current of other people who aren't in the mess you're in, you will eventually gravitate more toward their victory and your stuff will just be washed away on the wayside because you're staying in the flow. You're staying in the flow. When you can't help yourself, they'll help you. Right? When you can't make it, they'll help you make it. Just the flow of the right direction will help you eventually. And I mean, I look, we've been tempted to quit marriage. We've been tempted to quit pastoring. We've been tempted to quit ministry. We've been tempted to quit Thank the Lord. We didn't turn away. With the Lord's help, we didn't turn away. We stayed hooked. We still love the church today as much as we loved it when we started out 34 years ago. And not quitting has affected our marriage in a wonderful way. It's affected our future in a maze. It's affected our kids and our grandkids. God only knows where they would be if we just decided to, That's it we're done not just from personal things but problems sometimes in the church make you think you know maybe we should just get a u-haul and pack up and leave and not tell anybody where we're going (laughs) and find out where's pastor today i don't know he's just gone man but we knew a long time see here's the thing why i'm gonna i'm gonna work 34 years plus and quit now i don't want it written john got tired and left the ministry having loved his hammock john carla left the ministry because they retired and it was so hard remember love love vapor rewards It's only a little longer. It's only a little longer, right? A little longer. Just a little longer. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.